0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen. I'm very pleased to welcome all of you to the Writers Retreat discussion under date of July 13, 2019. And without further ado, I turn the microphone over to our wonderful hostess, Deborah Kendrick.
1: Well, we already, we've, uh, as Thomas is so quick to point out, we've already, um, fritter it away five minutes of our time so um, uh, this is Deborah and um, I don't have a speaker lined up this evening I will tell you what I want to do I reached out to a couple people that I think will be uh, good to talk to us about this I want to talk to somebody have somebody come and talk to us about building a social media platform it it seems to be increasingly important for writers today. You know, everybody has a Twitter feed and a Facebook page and and a a blog and a website. And um, I don't do any of that myself. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm pretty successful writer, but the stuff that I want to do these days, I feel like those things would be nice. And, and, And as a blind person, I don't know. I, I check Facebook a bit, but, I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. I don't like it much. And I checked Twitter a bit, but I don't like it much. So I thought maybe if we can get somebody to come talk to us who's pretty good at all that stuff. So, But that's not what we're doing tonight. What we are doing to... tonight is um, mm-hmm. I mentioned in the announcement that I knew that some of us would be in Rochester and possibly Las Vegas. I don't know if anybody here is in Las Vegas. But I thought first we'd talk about if we saw any tools or heard any techniques that are particularly useful to writers and then um i've got a couple other questions up my sleeve that i thought i would ask everybody as just as something a few things that i think would be fun to talk to talk about so um okay so uh i want First of all, though, to hear everyone's voice and find out who everyone is. So, let me. One of the things I want to talk about is what are we reading? Because I, if you don't, if you if you don't read, you can't write. Period. End of story. So, um, <laughs> so it, by way of introducing ourselves and finding out who's here this evening, why don't we just go around and say who you are, what state you're in. Um, and what you're reading right now. Okay, so I'm first, uh, I'm Deborah Kendrick. I am currently in Florida. I live sometimes in Ohio and sometimes in Florida. And um, I didn't read anything for eight days. And so today, while I'm packing and doing my laundry and putting all my stuff away, I have been listening to a pretty lightweight Harlan Coben suspense thriller called Run Away. okay so Ann, why don't you go next because you were here first
2: okay Um, I'm Ann Parsons Rochester New York and I haven't done a whole lot of reading in the last eight days either (laughs) because I've been at the convention too and um, but I am currently reading um, well I did a lot of reading today I finished off the Victoria Houston book that I was reading Loon Lake series, and I started something called Desert Skies or something. Uh, what's, what's the Arizona. Victoria
1: Houston book called?
2: Uh, Dead Deceiver, <laughs> and it's a it's one of those Loon Lake mysteries. You know, takes place in Minnesota, and you know. Okay. Uh,
1: fun.
2: <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. It was um, it was you know it's just light stuff. I I'm not reading anything serious at the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well there's something about that, you know, when you've been really over overwhelmed, sort of sensory overload, you need something light, I think. Um, okay, Abby, I just heard you come back in. So um,
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. I was having technical difficulties. So hopefully I'm going to be
1: that's all, okay, right. okay. That's all right. That's all right. So what we're, what we're doing is name what state we're in and what you're reading at the moment.
3: Okay. Well, I am in Wyoming, and I just finished reading a book called Outside Myself by Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Wittucki, W-I-T-U-C-K-I. And this is for young adults, but I think anybody could enjoy this novel. It's about a young girl. Um who is visually impaired, having trouble, you know, adapting to a blindness, and she calls the adult services of her regional library for the blind and connects with an elderly librarian and their friendship and their lives. It's a good book. It's on BARD. I don't have the number handy, but I highly recommend it. And um, I saw Anne Harrison in here earlier, uh, a little uh, when I was in here before, and so I know she and I are both in behind our eyes, and we're going to be having... Kristen wai as a guest speaker a week from tomorrow. So that's why I decided to read this book.
1: I I saw that, and I will interject.
3: Oh, Deborah, yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten. Yeah,
1: I know. um, Yeah, I'm in that group too, and I I know Kristen and um, had kind of an awkward situation because I was asked to review her book for Future Reflections when it came out a year or two ago,
4: and I had trouble
1: trouble liking it, but
4: um, I read it.
1: I read it twice for that reason. because huh. I wanted to like it better before I wrote about it. Um, <clears throat> so, but I'm before the BOE meeting, I'm going to listen to the Bard version because I wonder yeah. if, if audible got in my way. It, I didn't like, you know, yeah,
3: it's, you know, so yeah. And this Jennifer Hubbard, I think is her name. She does a pretty Uh good job. She just she's great. So you might like the bard version better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll check I'll check that out. Anyway, okay, so Ann Harrison, if Barnes, Ann
5: Harrison Barnes, if
1: you're here, here. will you go next?
5: Yeah, um, I was gonna say Bonnie sent us the the information for the Bard, And I'm Ann Harrison Barnes, I'm from Georgia, and you might be surprised by this, but I also read Kindles, and currently I'm finishing up a book called Cassandra and the Cowboy, which is a Christian Western Sweet Romance comic book by Janine Wills, and I had read it for a podcast interview that I did with her um, since I started running my own podcast now, and I decided to finish it for pleasure because it's really good. And I'm also reading In the Middle of uh, Angel Sister by Anne Gephardt through Mm. Audubon. I
1: I should be writing these down. These are all new titles to me.
5: Okay, um...
1: Thanks and welcome. By the way, you've not been with us before.
5: Welcome. No, this is my first time. How do I get on your list? Um,
1: join Writers Retreat. <clears throat>
5: um,
1: you, I'll, I'll tell you. Hopefully, you can remember because the, the pattern is pretty predictable. It's Writers Retreat, no punctuation, plus subscribe at groups.io.
5: okay, okay. Because I have a group on there, a small group on there myself.
1: Okay.
6: Cool. Okay. All right, Bill. Bill, I kind of picked on you, so why don't you go
1: next? Okay. Can you
6: can you hear me? We can. Yes. Okay. Good. I'm in Florida, of course, and I have a lot of books that are awaiting me on board. You know, there's something that I've read before and something that I need to to dive into. But lately, what I've been doing is this. Is reading a lot of the short stories that just the most admitted on the writers to see actually because I've been having to be really to touching this on all emails because I need to clear a bunch of them if I'm in the middle of transition them, from one Windows computer to help another one. And right now I'm having to do most of all of my online stuff on my phone because the, I have an old laptop that's dying. <clears throat>
1: OK.
5: Um, Mary.
4: Yes. Uh, this is Mary Highland from Ohio. And <clears throat> I haven't been to any conventions or any place. So um, <laughs> what I've just finished reading is a very serious book called Eleanor Oliphant. It's completely fine. And it's a very <clears throat> meaty book. And at first, I thought I wouldn't like it because it was so sad, but as I got into it, I found that I was learning a lot and i I really enjoyed it and now i'm <clears throat> I just started Sea Glass by Anita Shreve, and <clears throat> i really i really I can't remember the Oliphant books author, but <clears throat> you can easily find it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um yeah. o- Oliphant is O-L-I-P-H-A-N-T. Yeah.
1: Like but
4: anyway, sea- the sea glass by um, Anita Shreve is turning out to be um, quite interesting too. She does a really nice job of character development, <clears throat> and that's yeah. about <gasps> it. <sighs>
1: Well, good for you because you are reading some quality stuff there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest I, of
7: us are reading kind of junky
1: stuff right now, but that's okay. I mean, <clears throat> I, and I, I mean, that's personally, and I hope we'll talk a little bit more about this, all of us. That I, I kind of think that's essential to to being a writer is reading a mix. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll hit a, I'll hit a point where okay, I have to read something that's really literary now. And then I get on a literary binge and that's all I want to do. And then I read mm-hmm. a piece of junk and all I want to do is read junk, you know? So I don't
4: know.
1: Anyway, <laughs> and that, I, I read that old, uh, Eleanor
4: well, Oliphant
1: book and I, I loved it. Um, and I can't remember the author either, but I think she's Australian. Yeah. I think she's Australian. Um so, okay, uh, Thomas, are you here still? I'm not looking at the list, but I hope you're here. Maybe not. Okay. Um, Thomas, yes? Okay. Um, so, Sally.
0: Hi, um, I'm new to the group. I'm Sally Rosenthal in Philadelphia, and I'm reading two books on um, – Alexa, at the moment, um, from Audible, the first one is a memoir, A Year in the Life of the Yorkshire Shepherdess, by, um, I just blanked on her name, Um, it's a memoir of her life on a very remote Yorkshire sheep farm with her husband and nine children, and yeah, it's it's good. She's written three, and this is the middle one. Um, the next one I'm reading is by Liz Fenwick. It's a multi-generational novel um, set in Cornwall. Very good. She's written a number of novels that I like. And I just started... I read a lot of stuff all at once. I just started outside myself, and I don't have any opinion of it yet. And I'm... <laughs> And I'm scanning a very old print book uh, published in the 1940s. It's called Spade Among the Rushes by a woman named Mary Lee, L-E-I-G-H, about her life um, on a remote Scottish Hebridean island um, on a small crop, a small farm. Mm. Oh, the Yorkshire Shepherdess is Amanda Owen.
1: Okay. Sally, what state are you in, did you say,
0: where you, where um, you live? I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
1: Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. Um, and Sally, I'm just going to kind of go off script or whatever for a moment here to say, I I meant to send you a message this week, and I can't remember if I did, but I saw your poem about the wedding ring on the OE list,
0: and I, it was beautiful. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, my husband died nine weeks ago tomorrow, and Ooh. yeah, I'm doing okay for the most part. Um, you know, I have my tea and tissues moments, and then, you know, a tsunami yeah. hits, but, you know, right. by and large, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I
3: hear Thank again. you.
0: Thanks.
1: Yeah. Okay, I think I heard Thomas come back. Thomas, are you here? That's weird. It? Okay. I haven't Maybe
7: seen him on... Yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah. He is. Okay. Yes. Sorry okay. I laugh. I don't want to That's hear that feedback loop all day.
1: That's okay. Well, Thank you. Whoever was causing it, it seems to have been resolved. So we're good. So Thomas, tell us who you are, what state you're in, and what you're reading at the moment.
7: Well, I'm, I'm currently in Massachusetts, and like right now I'm reading a couple of books. Like I had read some books i got from the perkins library like the like the new england notebook and general stores books all from from abc chronicles ted reinstein i'm also reading the world according to humphrey and many others and i heard that i also want to learn on reading uh braille music sheets like if there are braille versions of like like old standards of like ragtime compositions mm. i will have to look forward into that
1: yeah yeah. So, do you already read braille music, or do you mean you intend to learn to
7: read braille music? I might have to learn how to read braille music. Like I, you know, I, you know, I, I Yeah, I love to learn how to make a ragtime composition in braille.
1: Yeah.
6: Great. Well, good luck with that. I believe. I believe, um. I believe you have to trust on that. You want to do that?
1: Okay. Um, did we? Did I miss anyone? Is there anyone here who has not introduced yourself yet?
2: Just a quick comment. I think there's something called dancing dots or something that will right. do that. that yeah, will, that's uh, transfer uh, that's a uh, uh, musical yeah, they, sound into.
7: Uh, yeah, they made cake talking for XP to Windows Seven with uh, sonar for JAWS.
1: Well, nah. um, you need to talk to Bill McCann, who's right there in Sally's City, and who's a wonderful human being. He's the uh, owner of the company Dancing Dots, and he's the author of that program that produces some real music. So he would be able to answer all your questions. And if you just yeah, Google him, just, just Google Dancing Dots and Bill McCann or feel that's the name of the software. And and you'll you'll find him. But talk to him. He's he's the man. He knows everything about
4: that
1: stuff.
7: Or, or you can um, go to do- Or you can go okay. to www.dancingdots.com. Uh
2: uh-huh.
1: oh, oh So you've already got that. Okay.
2: Okay. okay. Well, I didn't know. Okay. So
1: yeah. Okay. So again, have, is is there anyone else who has not introduced yourself? Okay, so
5: um, uh, let's take a a few
1: minutes. Um, Now, I will say, uh, in regard to the convention that I went to, um, I I went to ACB in Rochester. ACB was in Rochester, New York this year. NFB was in Las Vegas, Nevada. They were at exactly the same time. Um, Many, many, many years I have gone to both, but that simply wasn't possible for me this year. Um, so there, there were a couple of writing sessions and, um, I did not attend those. Um, so
3: maybe if, if someone else did. Well, a friend we- of mine went to one that Ann Chiapetta
5: right. ran.
3: And yeah, she taught, uh, they, they, did a variety of different types of exercises and I don't remember what all she, what all she told me they did, but they were working in groups on different things. And she said right. she thought it was very helpful, and then she got a lot out of it.
1: Yeah, you know, my problem is I'm so old. <laughs> that so much. I mean, you know, I, I used to host those workshops. I've done so many of them, been to so many of them, that I, I was somewhere entirely different when that was happening. But at any rate... Um, the other thing that was pretty cool for those of you who didn't go that I did want to attend and I, it was just so, you know, I, I move like a turtle and uh, so I just couldn't always be where I wanted to be. But Mary Lee Talkington, who is the actress who is blind, who spoke at both conventions last year and who um, had a pretty significant role in an NCIS episode last year that I did finally get to see uh, because somebody sent it to me and it was, it was nice. I mean, she just plays the part of a regular ordinary blind person and she does a very nice job. Well, anyway, she held acting classes at both conventions. You could sign up and I thought, boy, you know, I don't want to act, but I, as a writer, I think that'd be a blast. And I just, I didn't get to go and I didn't talk to anyone who went. So I don't know if in future you're going to anything that might be something you want to look out for in terms of tools. I spend most of my time at these events in the exhibit hall because I write for access world and there were fewer new tools than any year I've ever gone. But the one thing that I think is relevant to this group is that um, Braille displays are coming down dramatically in price and there are now at least four of them that you can get for under a thousand dollars. And I so those are the, the Braille Me from National Braille Press. And the Focus 5th generation 14. The Braille Me has 20 cells, I believe. The Focus 14 obviously has 14 cells from Freedom Scientific, has the added advantage of an SD card slot so that you can use it as a simple note taker as well as a Braille display. Um, the Brilliant 14 from Humanware, which also has a note taking capability, and then the Orbit. Reader from Orbit Research, the people who made the money identifier. All of those are under $1,000. I think the very least expensive is the Braille Me. I can't remember its price, but I think it's $500 maybe. They're all very nice products with different capabilities. Um, I think that even if you are not an avid Braille reader, if you're not a person who's going to pick up a novel and really thoroughly enjoy it in Braille or pick up a magazine and, and read it in Braille, um, there's nothing like seeing your own words as you're writing, seeing them under your fingers and reading them. And I know it's always the final way that I um, catch mistakes. Like, I, I use I use speech, um, but I always read all the years that I did a newspaper column, the last thing I did before I pressed send to send it to my editor was read it out loud to myself um from Braille because that was always how I caught mistakes was reading it with my that fingers to brain connection. So if you're just a, 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 a marginal Braille user and you want to add to your writer toolbox. I, I would suggest you look into some of these newer inexpensive Braille displays. Um, so that's all I have to say about that and really I can't think of anything else that I saw. So Anne how about you and and I, I don't know if anybody else was at either well, convention.
2: I was I was at the convention and yeah. the ACB one. And um, well, that's because it was right in my backyard, and I couldn't. And you were organizing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was organizing, and I was working, and you know all this other hootie raw, and and uh, um, oh, I I'll just take a, a half a minute here.
6: To,
2: I'll just take half a minute here to say that I was so stressed because uh, I, I was I was organizing the religious services for the Oh jeez uh you know for the convention and they wanted me to arrange a uh Shabbat service for our uh attendees who are Jewish and I am you know I'm not Jewish so I did what I was told and apparently I did it right because um <laughs> You know, I'm I'm happy to report that everybody who went was pleased, and uh, in fact, I now have a new name. My new name is Shabas Goy, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and okay. so, um, but one of the I, I didn't get to the writers' groups, and um, that was because I was working the information desk at the time when they were on. And um, so I didn't get to do that. But what I found interesting was we've done some discussion in uh, our writers groups about uh, the importance of observation of, uh, you know, what's going on around you and how people act and what they do as an aid to character Development, and I have to say, I really enjoyed people watching at the convention. It was fun because there were all kinds of different people there, and they were doing all kinds of different things. And I was watching them—well, not watching, but you know—I um, was—I was observing, and it was so much fun and. Um, I came away with a good deal of uh, background information that I can just slip into a character sometime, which I thought was was, uh, very helpful. So that was my experience.
5: I
1: think that is... Very cool. And I wonder if you could give us an example.
2: I mean, is there, is there a well,
1: scenario that stands out in your mind?
2: No, not, not a particular one. But is the it, is it different ways that, um, that people speak to their dogs, for instance, or <laughs> the, the different ways that, um, you know, people ask for help. You know, and because I was doing the same thing. I was asking for help. And, and um, you know, I was watching other people, you know, asking for help. And some were very confident and said, uh, can you help me? I need to go to X or Y. And some people said, well, uh, well, I'm not exactly sure where it is, but do you know where, you know, kind of thing. And it um, was just interesting watching the different kinds of people i i i really enjoyed that part of it um it did get to be a bit crowded and a bit noisy and oh i bet uh mm-hmm. quite stressful but uh it was fun overall i thought does uh, was anyone
1: else first of all was anyone else at either one of the conventions okay and um then uh assuming that's a no does anyone else do you have any observations about what ann's talking about because i i know that as a kid i loved eavesdropping ha! Um, I loved eavesdropping, and of course, (laughs) I've been losing my hearing since I was 16, and um, so I'm not able to eavesdrop anymore, but as a kid, I can remember, well, for one thing, you know, we had um, uh, those old-fashioned telephones, you know that you pick up the handset and you could unscrew the um, mouthpiece so nobody could hear that you were there. It was the original mute. You could <laughs> unscrew the mouthpiece, <laughs> and take it off, and so. And we had a party line, and there were, um, and you know I'm from Toledo, which is a pretty backward city even today. So. I think Toledo was probably among the last to have party lines, but we had a party line. So there was another house on the street that was on our line. So uh, there were teenagers in that house. So I was like seven or eight and I loved listening to those teenagers talk. It was really entertaining. And I loved listening to my mom talk, you know, it was really great. I, I just, yeah, I did a lot. And, and I would do eavesdropping, you know, as, as a teenager in public places, but i don 't get to do so much of that anymore,, no, you know,
3: I like to do that too. Listen on the phone, of course, by the time I was a kid, we didn 't have the phone with the removable mouthpiece. we just had the standard roadweed dial phones, so I just uh-huh. put my hand over the mouthpiece that way nobody would know could hear me breathing, and then I would listen that way well, if you weren't a little
1: geek, you may not have <laughs> realized I mean most people did not know that this, this wasn't meant. To to be done. what I'm talking about. Oh uh, yeah, no, shit! Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> 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 uh, oh my gosh! Uh, well, how did you? How did you figure that out? That you I can was, take off the melodies. I loved
1: taking things apart. You know, I, I took the Perkins <laughs> Brailler apart in first grade. <laughs> oh my You think, really think that's bad? It. And I realized that he wanted to do, it do an end end. 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 <laughs> yeah turn 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 this thing you turn it off oh my gosh and there's all these wires and stuff under there oh my goodness you just, and you leave it off and then nobody can hear you
5: and then you put it back on when you're done i don't i don't think anybody oh, that's ever do i do it funny
2: <laughs> oh my gosh you
5: think, you think you think that's funny um analog phones and uh police scanners sometimes the phone would pick up Uh, The scanner would pick up phone conversations. Oh wow! That's a way to listen without being or or an old analog TV can pick up phone conversations too. And you definitely listen in nobody know you're nobody like you're listening. (laughs) My my brother and
3: I used to have walkie-talkies when we were kids, and sometimes you could hear the truckers on those
5: CB radios. CB radios. Yeah. My parents
3: used to have. I'm sorry. Another
5: fun
6: one about that is that I was at a church one time and there was a house just nearby the church and sometimes you could hear somebody's phone call in the, in, uh, over on the microphone system, the speaker system. And so they tried to, the church had to try to tell them, hey, try to it, try it not call while we're in service because the uh, because it might come up with a sticker in the search, phone conversation. But Anne is so right about how, when there are a few national conventions on the NFC side, I wasn't able to do it this year, but, but how uh, it's interesting how people react to things and ask to help in different ways because, of course, everybody is at a different level in their experience with how to manage this. And I would say about the Braille displays, too, is that one good thing about them is that they could also awesome, double with the YouTube keyboard. Like if you had a phone, and that's helpful. Or would be. Yeah.
1: So um, we have a couple of um, new people here. And what I want to say for you new people is that what we have usually done, um, and and I hope, my hope is to continue to mix it up, because I think only by continuing to mix up what we do will we find out what all of us enjoy most. But um, we have a few times had a speaker who comes and talks about their career and their writing and what they do, and we will definitely be doing more of that. And we also... um, have several times uh, critiqued one another's work, short stories, essays, and poems. So they're just to, um, for Sally and Anne and anyone else that's new that I'm not aware is new, that's kind of what's going on here. So, um, uh, yeah, okay. So that said, um, is there anything else in particular that's on anyone's mind before... I throw
6: out I think, <laughs> Go ahead. I think, I think the idea perhaps someone to talk about social media and how to use it would be good because the, a lot of us, especially if, if blind and visually impaired people, maybe don't have a whole lot of confidence in how to use it either, especially since a, a lot of it is so visual. Okay, great. Thank you, Bill.
1: I'm, I'm glad to hear you think I'm on the right track with that, and I will hope to do that for our next meeting then. Um, okay. So, um, well, you know, as I said, I, at the beginning, when I had everyone talk about what you're reading, I um, feel very, very strongly that reading and reading across as many genres as we can is, is really um, essential to writing. And I have said for many years, I probably need a 12 step program to manage my reading because I read too much. <laughs> I, I read, I read when I should be writing and I I'm really good. Like any addict at thinking up excuses, you know, why this oh. is okay to be doing right now. Um, but um but I'd like to hear what, what you all think in terms of, do you, how do you notice, have you ever noticed that if you read a, a lot of a particular author, for example, you find yourself writing like that author, or that that author's in your head so much, or that, or that, or that an author influences you so in a way that you don't want to write like that author?
0: Do you mean without becoming derivative or taking the good parts from it?
1: Well, I hope um, that you know if I if I do it, um, and I probably do, that I'm taking the good, that I'm taking you know what's good, and and that that's influencing me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to kick it around to see if people have thoughts about that. I mean, I, I think in particular, okay, we said at, at the beginning a lot of us are reading kind of lightweight stuff and a few of us are reading more literary things. I notice if I read a lot of really lightweight stuff, I have to get out of it because I feel like it has limited my vocabulary. So and that, I mean, that's one personal
5: observation. Mm.
6: Yeah.
1: So, Mary, are you still there? Because I was sure you'd have
3: thoughts about this. Oh, you know what? I don't. Unless she called you on the phone, I don't see her. Oops. I'm. She does. I'm here.
4: Oh, I'm here. Okay, I was muted. Oh, good. Uh, okay. I just muted myself because I was coughing, and oh, okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, I I don't really have uh, anything to add to that because I haven't noticed myself doing that consciously or unconsciously. Sorry. you know a a lot
1: of writers have said this and there's a famous quote and unfortunately you know if I was a good group leader I would have looked this up and had it at my fingertips which I did not but um one of those guys from the 20s you know Fitzgerald and Hemingway and and Faulkner and all Mm -hmm. those guys who came out of that era one of them had, had, had there's a famous quote that Nothing is original anymore; we all steal we steal from one another, and you know the 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 test is is in whether or not you're good at it if you're good at stealing so it doesn't look like the original anymore <laughs> you know? and and i I think you know I mean that's kind of tongue in cheek but I think it's true there isn't anything really original um, and um, as, as unique as we all want to be, um, but I, I think, you know, there is something
6: to that, that, y- y- you know, uh... Well, I think it's even in the Bible, I think it occurred to us that it's just the king of the mother, that the no new thing under the farm.
5: I find that when I, I might read to get an idea of how somebody writes, And then read to figure out what mistakes I don't want to make. Because there are some traditionally published books out there that are really bad. Exactly. So I read some of those um, to find out, to learn what mistakes not to make. But usually, sometimes I'll get ideas from dreams or from hearing other conversations, like when I go to Walmart or something like that. And then, um, and sometimes I'll be reading something completely out of my genre and get inspired. (laughs) But what about um,
1: uh, uh, finding you? you said, and like finding things that you don't want to do. I know, in about 15 years ago, maybe I was on a Jodie Pico kick that I just thought she walked on water. I mean, there wasn't a word that she could write that I didn't think was beautiful, and every time
4: I think she, she asked, does write, walk on water. Yeah, she's, she's very good. I'm, I'm not as
1: infatuated with her as I used to be. But, but one thing that drove me crazy about her was that I swear in almost every one of her novels, I found a mathematical error where she would say, you know, for example, that somebody was 35 when – you know, when their second child was born. And then she would later say that they were 40 when their second child was seven, you know, and I'd, uh, hey, I, know. Uh, I would just I would uh, catch mathematical errors like that. And it would drive me crazy. And I'd go back over and over and think, did I miss something? Nope. I missed something. She just forgot what she wrote earlier in the book and nobody well, caught it.
2: That's but is isn't, uh, isn't that the job of a copy editor? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it that's is. bad copy
2: yeah. editing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's surprising that it can. And I just, I I have noticed, maybe it's just because I'm grumpier these days. I don't know. But I, I read books and I find all these errors. And, oh, yeah. you know, places where the nouns don't agree with the verbs, you know. Mm. And, mm. Um, yeah. Oh, I was reading one series. You know, one of these fantasy series and uh, the author kept talking about the clan. The clan was or no, the clan were. She kept the clan were. And it's Mm. clan Mm. is singular. The members of the clan are singular, but clan is you know, it's the clan was Not the clan word. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. It's like you know. Yeah, it's like a family. Yeah, the family Yeah, yeah, and it just drove
2: me nuts. every single book in the series
4: made the same mistakes. Oh I've had I have a I have a similar gripe that people just can't get it that um, the difference between lie and lay. People, oh, you know, yes. Lay, lay oh. down. And really well-known writers will say something like, lay down. And you don't lay down. You lie down. Oh, and that yeah. Is my that's my chief. Well, of course, oh, now, it, if, this, if it's in the dialogue, I think it's okay, because
3: maybe how the character speaks. But a narrative, yeah. yeah, definitely that's a no-no. Yeah.
5: I'm a Southerner, and I don't use that unless it's in dialogue.
3: Yeah, well, right. The
1: thing, the thing is, some things though. My my daughters are both royal pings in the butt when it comes to grammar, and I guess they got it. Oh yeah. Me. But they both will correct me when they say, you know, somebody says, "How are you?" and I say, "I'm good. I'm good." And they say,
4: "No, no, you're
1: you're hey. well." And I say, "You know what? I am not going to sound like a
2: pompous jerk."
1: that is the way people speak and our language is fluid it changes mm-hmm. and that is the way people speak people do not say i am feeling well thank you well i mean you do sometimes maybe i guess i do sometimes but for the most part how you doing doing well doing, doing yeah. whatever yeah.
5: you know very,
0: good. Then, or we use the word "fine." Fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. What There's I a, found. Oh, oh, go ahead, Sally. What I found that really annoys me in speaking, and I've seen it in books as well. Somehow, me has oh yeah left the yeah, universe, I, people I, are yeah. saying yeah. for right. you and I, very right. educated people, and it just grates on me.
5: Oh,
4: yeah,
0: that,
5: me too. That is my greatest. I've heard penny. that in songs, and it just, I know it was supposed to rhyme with part of it, but still in songs it irks me.
1: Yes. I have mm-hmm. even Sometimes. heard my favorite NPR commentators say, you know, something like, uh, as was reported to you and I, you know. And I'm
4: oh, gonna say, no hey. my gosh. And, oh, wow. Object did. up. Oh,
1: nice. you didn't say you wouldn't say as was reported to I take out the other oh, person,
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah I, did a, um, absolutely. I did a whole it just drives me nuts. It just absolutely drives me nuts. And I've I did a whole post speech per page. I've been known to post on, on Facebook where the hell are the copy editors? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I
2: know. Uh, I have, I have, uh, well one thing.
3: One thing that really drives me nuts is the use of adverbs with dialogue. Go, get the hell out of here, she said angrily. You don't need those adverbs angrily. You know she's angry if she's telling you to get the hell out of here. You don't really need that adverb <laughs> angrily. Excuse my bad French, but that was the only example I could think of at the moment. So, um, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's one thing that drives me nuts is, is the use of, of adverbs. In some places they're okay, but, you know, in dialogue, you know, as a dialogue, you don't need that because what the person is saying mm-hmm. can speak for itself.
1: Well, yeah. and, you know, back back to um, sort of junky popular writing. I, well, Mary Higgins Clark was the first popular writer that I read. When, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that you could just order books from the library because you wanted to read them. I only ordered books I had to read for school. And I'm talking into graduate school here. Like, in graduate school, I discovered Agatha Christie. And I was thrilled and ashamed because I realized I could order these talking books and these mysteries, and they were so entertaining. And I told my – I was a teaching assistant, and I told my advising professor – that I'd read Agatha the and it was like going to confession, you know? And he said, he said, he said, oh, she's great. And I was so relieved because I thought he was going to think I was a moron. Well, from there, then I discovered Mary Higgins Clark. And then, of course, I started realizing that I could read anything I wanted to read. All you had to do was order it from the library and you could read it. So I started, I went on a lot of binges of popular fiction because I'd been really deprived. So... I have been loyal to Miss Mary Higgins Clark all her life. And every time she comes out with a book for the last 10 years, I say, oh, she's not dead yet. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so happy. But she repeats herself so much in her books. And I think it's to to get the page count, you know, like maybe she's supposed to get, you know, 80,000 words or X number of pages because she tells you repeatedly that somebody has blue eyes and blonde hair and that they're six feet tall and da, 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 da. or she'll repeat the conversations that were six chapters ago to bring you up to. and i know it's kind of a maybe it's also a a mechanism for building suspense which you know i wouldn't i don't write suspense so i don't know but maybe maybe that's part of the deal is that repetition but That's one of the things that drives me crazy is repetition. Just you told me already get on with
0: it. You already said that. I'm wondering if part of the problem we have with, um, language and, um, misspelling and everything that comes out that we think is bad copy editing. Um, My husband was an attorney and he would hand briefs back to his associates, his young associates all the time and say, you know, how do these people get into law school? They can't even write. You know, I think it's part, people just don't write. And I used to be an occupational therapist and I had to um, rewrite, you know, have my um, students rewrite their notes. People don't write well anymore. Younger people and i'm wondering if it's because they don't read as much as we did and
2: what i was you know, going to say be, i think it's also the educational system
0: could be it
5: yeah cuz uh, they're dumbing people they're are, dumbing kids down these days
2: yes they are and they're also teaching to the test that's true that's and true and i have yeah. heard lots of teachers complaining that they are just teaching so the kids can pass a test. Yeah.
1: I think there's also a cultural shift, um, that written language and it's, to me, it's terrifying. But I think in part, it has been in a move to be more inclusive of people who have cognitive impairments and people who, for whom uh, English is a second language that we have a lot of pictures in our environments to indicate what you need to do, pictures instead Mm. of words. Um, But I mean, I think that it's something as writers and as blind people that we should be very aware of and, 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 and interested in doing what we can to 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 keep the status quo somewhat because it's also very it's dangerous i mean you know uh, in a funny way like i have gotten pieces of technology where the whole instructional manual is images no words
6: Mm -hmm.
1: and and then i have you know i'll ask someone to read it to me who's older and not very tech savvy and they're just you know (laughs) overwhelmed. I don't know how to read it because it's all images. And and then just in a practical way, you know, my whole airplane story that I was telling at the beginning of the call yesterday, it was so frightening. I was getting off the plane. I needed to go down a ramp. We were outside and I have a significant mobility impairment right now. And to go down that ramp was a frightening thing to me, but nobody could tell me with words that there were handrails if they had just told me they're a handrail cuz once i found them on my own i went right down cuz my upper body strength was great and i just hauled myself down the ramp you know but mm-hmm. but people don't have enough words it seems and you know
3: and the flight well, attendant, especially the ones, ones non english speakers yeah yeah but this was the flight attendant if she oh. could have just said
5: reach she was yeah, yeah. and,
3: and yeah, yeah, she something- just I'm sorry.
4: Andrew. No, go ahead. Sorry.
5: Um a couple of things, Deborah. You know something talking about that a lot of people don't know how to help blind people. And they're not they're not trained, especially the in, in these public places, they're not trained how to help ha- to help blind people properly. They don't know when they see us coming, when they see us coming, they want to run for the hills because they don't know how to work with us. Um and and number 2, yeah, number 2 uh, as far as the some of the things that you crazy about the writing about the repetitiveness of writing and i'm guilty of it myself but i'm learning not to, to try not to do it as much but i've noticed that more is in traditionally published than self-published um uh, uh, authors that they're the self-published authors are more um that are more mindful of the repetitiveness whereas um traditionally published there it's the editors that, that don't I don't know if they have a certain word count or whatever. And the editors don't pay attention to that. And when you're under deadline, they're, when they're under deadline, they're, they're rushed to get the book out. So they don't really have the time to go back and fix those issues. Well, well
6: I, I have a few comments if I may.
5: Yes. Go
0: I
6: ahead. Would, yeah. I, I would say a few things. it's about the decline of, of, of language as regards the, the style guide, the sense of style, of course the elements of style, the classic guide is very good, but that's where it's also one from the style, it is also very good. And that author observed this complaint about the Italian language has existed for centuries in terms of how the established generation felt, the younger generation was treating language. <laughs> And another side observation about that is even going back to eight times that the Aristotle complained about the younger generation's values of this day. So just that's nothing new. Even though it is true that there is some laziness in terms of the effective communication.
1: Um, I I I have to ask a um, logistics question. Does anyone else have trouble
3: hearing Bill? I, I have trouble. No, I I, have, I can hear. him. I, it's just hard to understand. I don't think it's That's his fault. I, I think he has difficulty. You know, he. So it's no, it's not you. He's just hard to understand. Okay,
1: okay, okay. But I, I, I it's not his fault it sounds like there's like a pillowcase over his microphone or something. I, well, no. It, it, what are you using, Bill? when you talk to us? Are you on the phone or
6: a computer or what yes i i'm I'm, a, I'm on the phone on my iPhone, and I have bone conduction the headphone down, how I'm listening to you, and I have okay. my phone and, on the case. It's got a little bit better now that I took it out of the of the culture, the case.
1: a little bit a little bit because it's it, you're loud enough. I use the wrong words. I can hear you, but
3: it's muffled to my ears. Yeah. Yes. And and it's you don't have any kind of a speech impediment that makes it difficult yeah. for you to talk.
6: Yeah, my I, I talk well, and I maybe I'm going a little bit of an impediment. though. I guess the funny thing is, I didn't talk until I was four years old, because of some developmental issues. And then the people couldn't shut me up. Well yeah. Now, I, I think I thought
1: I'd bring it up at the end of this call because I've noticed it every time. And if next time if you can, you know, speak right into the phone if you're able to do that. I think that will help. So, yeah. Is
6: that because a little better? Yes. It is.
1: Is
6: that a little really better? Yes. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I had to be that close to picture for you to hear me yeah. well.
1: Yeah,
6: that is better. So most of the time I use the phone on speaker because that's the way I can hear it when I don't have the headphones. I have a hard time hearing the phone when I'm just using the earpiece without it being on speaker or using headphones. Right.
1: So... um, Well, okay, we are at an hour, and although we do sometimes go over, I um, as I told you all at the beginning, I'm still underslept.
3: <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I think you probably ought to uh,
2: go to bed early. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I
6: that's probably going anyway. to happen. I've got it tonight anyway. But um, well, at least I'm here, right there at home. <laughs> um,
1: but uh. I, I um, personally have enjoyed our just kind of chatting a little bit. And I hope we do this, you know, maybe every three or four meetings where we sure, just, yeah. you know, rather than have a speaker every single time or critique. But I've got a couple ideas um, for people to talk up to us about social media. So hopefully I'll get that lined up for our August meeting. And um, uh, to repeat again, for those of you who are, have not joined the list, it's Writers Retreat plus subscribe at groups.io. And if you want to email me directly about anything, um, particularly you know if you have a piece and you would really like it critiqued, um, you can send it to me um, or to the list. Either way. Um but my email address is Kendrick K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K dot Deborah D E B O R A H at Gmail dot com. And um yeah, so that's all I have to say. Does anyone else have any
3: comments, questions, testimonials, or do we have anything scheduled for next month as yet? Or do you not want to yet. Discuss- he, okay. Not yet.
1: not yet? I have two people I've reached out to. Okay. To talk to us about social media. So, but I haven't, I don't have any responses yet.
5: Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But I'll post
1: it to the list as soon as I do.
2: Okay, so. sounds great. Now we are meeting on the second Saturday, correct?
1: Yeah. Are you looking yeah, at a calendar, Anne? Yeah, hand?
2: Calc- uh, calendar. Hang on.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, I don't have that in my head right
4: now.
2: Well, I have this little pocket calendar from the Xavier Society and it works great. It's in Braille.
4: Oh, well, nice! You know,
1: I work for NLS part time and I um, registered my unhappiness that NLS no longer gives the date finders. I loved those. It was a little business card size thing that you could put in your wallet and it had the. Um, each each month and then what day of the week the month started on so if you knew mm. that july 1st was on a monday you could add up in your head
3: 1st 8th 15th 22nd 29th yeah well that's then, yeah well that's what i do right well um, um and it's, it's it seems to me and my according to my head uh, let's see that the third set sa- the second Saturday would be the second Saturday off. is the tenth. yeah, oh. it took me a while to figure <laughs> that out, but I was trying yeah, to do it while great. you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> cool. no I'm well, I'm
2: sitting here looking at this little Braille calendar, and you do have to call Xavier and uh long about in November or so. call them up and okay, see if you want a calendar okay, um, cool, all right. It's, well, it's called a pocket calendar because it's not too big. The pages—oh, nice! Oh, maybe four by six
5: or oh. something like that. Oh. I mean, they're not is too big. It like,